Thanks, Flora. Yes, we are live. Uh, so, oops, scratching my head. I can't see you, but uh, hopefully you can see and hear me. Um, so, yeah, so this is, is our, I think our first live live talk in, in uh, quite a long time. And so uh, I've come on early because I'm, I'm doing the same talk at St. Andrew's in the in-person gathering. So I've got to be there by 11 o'clock. So, um, uh, so that, that's why I went a bit earlier today. So um, just a bit of personal feedback. Uh, Caroline had her final chemotherapy treatment uh, on Friday. So it's been a bit of a long journey last five months, but um, things are all moving in the right direction and things are looking good. The last scan that she had showed that the tumor had shrunk considerably and she has an MRI scan coming up next uh, Tuesday. And then the uh, oncologists and surgeons will decide uh, what surgery to conduct after that. And then there'll be a series of uh, a few weeks of radiotherapy. So so we are believing for a, a, a good outcome and, and that the side effects that are associated with the chemotherapy won't be permanent and uh, long lasting to do with current hearing and numbness in our feet, etc. So, so thank you for your prayers. We have felt very... Uh, supported by being part of this wonderful church community so so thank you also thanks for those who have uh, brought some feedback or sent some feedback in uh, around our information evening last two weeks ago wednesday uh, just to let you know we are listening um we put out, put this out for a season of consultation not like a you know a government uh, consultation we're basically they know what they're going to do, but they need to do this tick box exercise to sort of say they've consulted. And so we are really open to listen, uh, to adjust our plans uh, that we set out. We feel our vision to, to see the whole church, everyone equipped, following the way of Jesus, bringing life and transformation to Southampton and beyond is very much where we feel God is, has called us to be as a as as a church we describe that in different ways over the season that, that that's 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 who we are you know we want to create a culture of devotion and dependence worship and prayer at the heart of what we do devoted to god a commitment to following jesus way to being disciples to serving those most in need and playing our part in the long-term spiritual social and cultural transformation of the city of southampton and beyond not just limited but starting there the shape and the structure will vary from time to time and so 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 we presented a a possible way way forward uh, but as i said we're really open to hear from the body hear from you to see uh, what's going to be the most effective way of fulfilling uh, that vision that we feel very committed uh, to and so uh, do 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 let us have your feedback on this wednesday evening on the 5th of may we'll be gathering again uh, just to respond to some of that feedback. So we are following on our series. Uh, today is uh, Jesus having the power to forgive sins. And so I'm going to read some verses from John, uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 17 onwards. One day, Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat 
through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blaspheming? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, what are you thinking? Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on heaven to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. What, what a fantastic story. Uh, it's what probably, you know, if you were brought up in church, went to Sunday school, it was one of those like stories that you heard many, many times. And, you know, the, the, the friends up on the roof, bashing the ceiling, r removing the tiles, lowering the man down. It's so dramatic, so visual. And, and here in this uh, chapter, Luke introduces us to this group of people called the Pharisees for the very first time. Now, this group's passion was the coming of the kingdom of God. That, that's what they were committed to, to see God's word fulfilled. <coughs> Excuse me. But their plan, their approach was to intensify observance of the law and thus create the conditions for God to act. If we could just be holy enough, then God will come. Uh, his kingdom will, will, will be established. His people will be liberated uh, from the occupation of the Romans from the land of Israel. So they were checking out this young upstart uh, who was taking a, a different approach, just as Ben prayed there, not by violence, not by force, or even by strict moral observance. In their eyes, he was a bit of a maverick. He was a liberal. But they recognized that Jesus had something. He had authority. He was able to attract huge crowds. He, he had power. And so these four friends or these friends took this man, paralyzed man, up onto the roof because the, the, the house was full. They, they, they took back some tiles. They lowered him down. And Jesus saw their faith, we read, and said to the man, your sins are forgiven. So, so this is where the Pharisees got really twitchy. They, they had a whole system for dealing with sin. The priesthood, the sacrifices, the cleansing rituals, the annual festivals, the, the Day of Atonement. They knew how sins could be forgiven. But Jesus cut right through that. He is, if you like, claiming to act on behalf of God. He refers back to a portion of Scripture in Daniel chapter 7, where God gives authority to one like the Son of Man, with glory, sovereign power. And those that knew the Scriptures would have understood that this portion of Scripture in Daniel chapter 7 was referring to the Messiah, that, that, that the Pharisees were, were waiting for. And Jesus was saying, this is who I am. This is what I am doing. What, what a moment. And in order to prove the point, he then said to the paralyzed man, get up, take up your bed and walk. And to the amazement of everybody, he did.
just that. What a fantastic, dramatic, wonderful moment to be a part of. So what, what can we learn from this story that applies to our lives here today? Well, the first thing I want to just talk about is, so what is sin? Uh, if you're brought up uh, Anglican, you may have uh, used the Westminster Catechism, and in there it says, Sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. It's like doing wrong things, basically. But the Greek word for sin is the word harmatia, which actually means missing the mark. If I'm, if I'm firing an arrow at a target, if I'm throwing a dart at the bullseye, and I fail to hit the target, I, I have sinned, I have, I have missed the mark. Now this subtle but importantly different uh, point of view isn't around a long list of things that I must do, I mustn't do, and, and failing to observe them all. Human beings we see in scripture were created for a purpose. And the purpose was not simply to keep the rules or, or to go to heaven, the, the purpose of human beings was to be image bearers of the divine, of, of, of God, to carry his presence and carry his image. Tom Wright, the theologian, says this, that, that he defines sin as the failure to live up to our birthright. Sin is missing the mark, and our sin is not just about falling short of God's commandments, it's falling short of who we were created to be. It's falling short of being authentically human. And when we sin, when we miss the mark, we hand over to non-divine forces, a power and authority that those forces were never supposed to have. Now, this doesn't dilute or soften the traditional idea of sin. Rather, it shows how, how sin is more damaging because not only do we sever links with God, but we place our own selves on the throne of our heart in place of God. We put selfishness and self-serving and self-interest and self-centeredness first. The, this idolatry can be expressed in, in many ways through the lust for money, fame, power, the need to assert myself, my opinion, my position, the need to be right, abusing others for self gratification, covering up my deceitfulness, violence, oppressing the weak, and so the list goes on. It becomes destructive to ourselves and our relationships. We get trapped in addictive behaviors and negative patterns, all because of sin, all because we miss the mark, all because we fail to be the person that we were created to be. And like the man in this story, sin paralyzes us and means that we are no longer bearing the image of our creator in the way that we were created to do so. So how do we deal with sin? Well, the way the Pharisees uh, dealt with sin was through strict observance of the law. Follow the rules, observe the rituals, do all the right things, and your sins will be forgiven. But Jesus simply says to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. You are free to walk again. Forgiveness, we read in the New Testament, is a gift from God. Let's read some uh, verses from Ephesians chapter 2. As for you, 
you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Or we could say in regard to this story, you were paralyzed in your transgressions and sins. Maybe it's not quite accurate theologically, but you get the picture. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, of the ruler of the kingdom, of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead or paralyzed in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith and this is not from yourselves it is the gift of god not by works so that no one can boast this is incredible our sins have been forgiven we can be free from the mistakes of the past we don't need to live with the chains of guilt weighing us down day by day you know paul in 2 corinthians chapter 5 says, if anyone is in christ the new creation has come the old has gone the new is here all this is from god who reconciled us to himself through christ and gave us this ministry of reconciliation that god was reconciling the world to himself in christ not counting people's sins against them this is wonderful news the new creation begins, Paul says, and God does not count our sins against us. We can live the lives we were meant to live, live in abundance, live as God's image bearers on the earth, bringing his manifold wisdom into every sphere of our cities and communities. One thing I struggle with for many years was was been able to accept the fact that i was forgiven my memory would come and haunt me with things i'd done or said or even thought and, and when i got saved i i had a revelation that everything i had done up to that point had been wiped clean i had been forgiven but then the problem i had was well what about the sins i've just committed today you know after i became a christian after i was baptized i i'm still thinking thoughts that i don't want to think i'm still saying things i shouldn't be saying i i still act in a way that i shouldn't be acting and so it used to get me really discouraged i i knew i was forgiven pre-salvation but what about now and two things happened one I had a revelation that, that when Jesus died on that cross, he paid for all of my sins, not just the ones in the first 20 years of my life, but for everything that I had done and, and would do. And the second thing that I learned was that, that God gives us the wonderful gift of confession. You know, in 1 John chapter 1, there's wonderful scripture verse 9 if we confess our sin he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness confession is a wonderful gift i know that in our sort of church we don't have 
formal confession like you would say in a Roman Catholic church. Uh, but over this last, well, over lockdown, we have been using various apps for our daily devotions, the lecture at 365 in the morning, and in the evening, we use the Church of England's daily prayer app. And every evening, uh, we, pray these, we pray these words. Most merciful God, we confess to you before the whole company of heaven and one another that we have sinned in word, thought, and deed, and what we have failed to do. Forgive us our sins and heal us by your spirit and raise us to new life in Christ. Amen. The wonderful gift of confession. And so we, we, we recognize sin, we acknowledge sin, we confess our sin, and as we do, Jesus forgives us of our sins. And in the same way that we have been forgiven, you know, we have the power to forgive others as well. If you like to release them from their guilt, lead them into a life that enables them to be the fullest expression of who God created them to be. What a wonderful story. Our sins are forgiven. Those of us who feel paralyzed can walk again in the fullness of who God created us to be. It's a wonderful story. It's not a myth or a legend. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a real event that took place. What a, what a savior we have who has the power and authority to forgive us, to set us free, and to raise us up and allow us to walk in that freedom. So I pray that this week, uh, each of us will walk in the freedom that Christ has won for us. And I just wanna end by declaring over every person watching here, whether you're watching live or on catch up a bit later on, your sins are forgiven. This is God's gift to you. And I pray that as you embrace that truth, that you would walk with confidence and with freedom to be the people, persons that God has called you to be. God bless you. Have a fantastic week.